Hello, and welcome to episode 291 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan. I am one of the co-founders here at ETR, and a happy, heartfelt Thanksgiving to you all. May your bird carcass come with extra tasty stuffing shoved up its asshole this year. Week 11 was a bit of a perfect storm, I think, for true GPP bros. Of course, we had some really big failures failures from highly owned players such as Jeff Wilson, Michael Gallup, T. Higgins, Dave Montgomery. And we had, you know, kind of mad performances from things like Brown's defense, A.J. Dillon, Mark Ingram, Jamar Chase, etc. I mean, you only needed 113 DraftKings points to cash double ups, you know, really, really low scoring week. And as we talked about so many times, these kind of low scoring weeks are the ones where true contrarian players get outsized returns. If you played the chalk and it hit this week, you know, great. But what did you win when you won? But this week, if you got off the board in week 11, if you got off the board and you were right, that's where you get the 20x, the 50x, the 100x returns. And the spots to get off the board honestly weren't that crazy at all. You know, a lot of like GPP bro 101 spots. And now as your resident king GPP bro, I can discuss these GPP bro 101 spots, you know. And one of the most obvious ones is like if the market is discounting a truly great player and a truly great situation simply due to DVP, simply due to defensive matchup, it's a smash. I mean, we talked about Jonathan Taylor so much last week. Friday night, we talked about him. The guys on Saturday talked about him. And again, on Sunday morning, we talked about him. I don't want to say defense doesn't matter because it does, but Jonathan Taylor at 2% is obviously insane. And like, I don't think that's hindsight, right? Especially when we know Bills games can get a bit wild. And it's not like the Bills have some like completely smothering defense. They've played very well this year, but they can put up a ton of points. They can make games get kind of loose. Um, I personally got wrecked in GPPs this week, which is embarrassing as a GPP bro now, but I had seven teams uh, in tournaments, only one cash, and it was a Josh Allen, Steph Diggs single stack with Jonathan Taylor bring back. Rest of the team was just absolutely atrocious, but still a top 5% finish just because of JT and how low owned he was. The other thing that was kind of GPP bro 101 and how it worked this week was how far correlation and leverage can drag you in tournaments. You know, Kirk Cousins double stacks, Aaron Rodgers double stacks, uh, any bring back from either side. You know, we knew AJ Dillon would be the most owned player on the slate. How does he fail? You know, I thought AJ Dillon was going to smash and he played a really good game. He had was very, very solid. But how does he fail in terms of GPP winning lineup? He doesn't get the TDs. And if he doesn't get the TDs, who does? Likely the pass game. So yeah, you know, I know the Packers want to play slow. Yeah, it can be ugly sometimes when the Packers play. MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling's catch rate is brutal. But when pushed into it, obviously the Packers and Vikings can completely go off. And I I wasn't on it, sadly, you know, frustratingly, because I played so many Kirk Cousins doubles this year. Um, It was frustrating not to be on it. But this is a great example of like only having to get one thing right. Like creating lineups where you only have to get one thing right. On a slate like this where so much went wrong, getting one thing right, either Rodgers, Adams, MVS with Justin Jefferson or Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Thielen with MVS or Devontae Adams, like that's really all you needed in smaller field stuff to be in the mix to win. A couple other smaller tournament notes from the week. Uh, Kansas City defense was something I got on late on DraftKings for tournaments. And 
first of all, we know defense in shootouts have sneaky upside because of the number of plays, because of the number of dropbacks. But second, you know, in lineups that didn't have any Chiefs or Cowboys players, one good way for that game to fail was a dominant performance from Chiefs defense. You know, in that scenario, Dallas players struggle. Kansas City's offense isn't pushed. You know, and then finally, you know, listen, no Tyron Smith. Like Chiefs defense always performs better in Arrowhead. It can be a really tough place to play. 2,200 tag. I mean, that's the big thing. Like always looking to pay down at defense. So in hindsight, I think that was sharp. Um, okay, I want to get to cash. But first, I want to let everyone know it is indeed Black Friday week. In honor of this, we are turning both of our Thanksgiving shows free. Yes, that's right. You'll be able to watch on YouTube or listen to the, on this podcast feed to Leone and Dink Thanksgiving Slate show focused on the GPP bros. And then also free on YouTube or this podcast feed will be me, Silva Wiggins Thanksgiving show focused on hashtag team play the best plays. Also, we are running a sale on monthly and weekly purchases. If you've never tried ETR before, I can't fathom a better time to try. You can try a week of ETR NFL for just $4.99. Normal price is $23.99. Again, you can try one week of ETR NFL for just $4.99. You can try one month for just $39.99. Obviously, ridiculously, ridiculously way too cheap, but that's what corporate wants. You get access to everything that we do, props, Discord, all the content, all the projections, ownership, everything. All right. As for cash, I do have regrets, but you know it's not really about the team that I played. I thought the team that I played was fine, you know, rock solid, but I turned my back on team preseason. I turned my back on team punt tight end. I turned my back on team ceiling and team Jamamin in cash. And for that, uh, I do have regrets. Basically, I could have played Tyler Huntley, who won one of the most prestigious awards a player can win as he was my first team all preseason quarterback this summer. I also could have played Sean Bates, who had the Logan Thomas RSJ role at, at Stone Cold Minimum. And that would have allowed me to play Devontae Adams over T. Higgins as long as I was willing to come off Brown's defense. So yeah, you know, the ability to realistically play Christian McCaffrey, Tyreek Hill, and Devontae Adams in one cash lineup, I mean, my God, I, I may never get that great of a chance again. You know, back in the day, 2015, 2016, it was way easier to be on Team Jam in because the salaries on DraftKings were so much looser. But these days, it's almost impossible, and, and I blew my chance at, at doing it. So certainly regrets there. All right, last thing. Uh, the third ever ETR subscriber league went down on Sunday. 1,500 person, uh, 1,500 entries, $5 buy-in, three max, rake-free. Great tournament. Link to get in is only found in our Discord. Big congrats to Derego1 for taking it down. He had a Josh Allen double that did not include Steph Diggs. So Josh Allen, Beasley, Dawson Knox, JT the bringback. And then I already mentioned the leverage off AJ Dillon earlier. But what about the leverage off the Cincinnati pass game? You know, so obviously Joe Mixon, who who Derego1 had a 10% owned against the Raiders. Really strong play. And then Elijah Moore, Jalen Waddle. Mini punt defense of the Texans. Just beautiful lineup. Congrats, Derego one. Okay, enough is enough. Let's get to everyone's favorite portion of the program. The listener questions. Producer Luke, hit the theme music. All right. 
right. Question one, friend of the show, Chris Allen, former podcast, Chris Allen. He says, would you rather win the Millie Maker or somehow get Silva to do those SEO pictures for the YouTube thumbnails? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. It really is. I I can never see Silva actually making one of these ass clown YouTube poses. And I can also never see myself winning the $20 Millie Maker. You know, both are equally far-fetched. The YouTube thumbnail thing, though, man, it's just crazy. Like, I I get that having eye-catching faces on the thumb, you know, makes them look better. It makes people want to click. I I get that. I do. But, man, this this whole culture of do anything for clicks, I I don't know. It just doesn't sit right with me. Like, the thumbnails are cool. That's all in good fun. But, like, gaming the algos with fake podcast reviews and all these bullshit affiliate sites that provide no value but are somehow worth nine figures because they sit on top of Google. I, I don't know, man. Like... And and I think for us, you know, for Establish to Run, like, of course, we want to reach as many people as possible. But is the random dolt on Facebook going to be like, or the random dolt on YouTube going to be like, oh, man, I really wanted to understand how John Bates' ceiling projection interacts with his ownership projection in the context of Sunday's DraftKings main slate, you know? I, I don't know. I, I don't know if those people are out there or what rate they're out there and like just common people walking around. So I don't know. But back to the question, I mean... As great as Silva's ass clown YouTube pose would be, um, we're taking the Millie, Chris, uh, obviously. Question two from Terry. He says, if time stood still and you had 50 years to train without aging, do you think you could turn yourself into the greatest quarterback of all time? Yeah, I'm not even sure how this is like a serious question. I'm not sure it is a serious question. Like, of course I couldn't. I I think people underestimate how much natural born ability these people people these professional athletes have and how much work they put in on top of that natural born ability and and it's tough I think to realize until you see it firsthand like some of you probably remember Steve Bass from the frying pan tennis match that I played you know Steve was former number one tennis player at Notre Dame former top 200 tennis player in the world you know he beat me in a three-set thriller he was using a frying pan I was using my racket you know it was ridiculous um I was feeling cocky after the Mike Levy match back in June. I don't know how many of you guys watched that, but I was able to win that bet against Mike Levy. So I did another bet with Bass a couple months ago. Um, This time, I started with a 40-love lead in every game. No ads. So basically, I just had to win 12 points across a whole match to win the match. And I lost 6-2, 6-2. Like, it's just another planet what these professional athletes are on. And, you know, I've had a chance to play basketball with uh, slash against some outrageously good guys. Like in high school, uh, our team played against Keith Bogans and Joe Forte when they were at DeMatha, you know, both ended up making the NBA. And even lately, like I'm playing in this pickup game in in Denver and and there's guys who played like serious division one basketball in this game. And it's just a completely another, like outrageously another level. I got to train for 50 years and never be on their level. And also all that just ignores raw size. Like if you're not at least 6'2", you're in big trouble at quarterback, Terry. I mean, and you have to be born with pretty elite athleticism too. So uh, I'm sorry, Terry. Like I've never seen you play football. I've never seen you period, but I'm pretty confident in saying 50 years of training and you'd still be drawing dead to be an NFL quarterback. Question three from Bryce. He says, in a weekly six-man DraftKings main slate contest against five non-virgins who are mostly new to DFS and don't stack or correlate, this is winner-take-all payout for cumulative DK points weeks 10 through 18, would you roll with a cash game strategy 
with ceiling in mind or favor a tournament build? So I've actually gotten this question or variation of it a lot. And honestly, I think what Bryce is describing is an awesome way to play DFS for fun. You know, like I'd love for my home league, all my season long leagues to just start playing weekly DFS against each other and base the winner on on cumulative points, like Bryce said, or some point system based on finishes. And yeah, you know, a lot of strategy, I think, would depend on league size and quality of opponent. In a six-man against non-virgins, I mean, I'd definitely just be playing my cash team. Like, they're just going to make so many mistakes, you're going to be printing with your cash team. And honestly, uh, you know, I think against most setups like this, I think that makes sense. If you do think that you're playing against more sophisticated players who are going to be playing a lot of the same players as you, if you think you need to access a bit of a higher ceiling, you could prioritize stacking when it's close. In other words, like in week 10, I had Dak in cash and I had Keenan Allen at wide receiver, but CeeDee Lamb was the same price as Keenan. You know, like easy switch there if you're looking to access ceiling. Question four from Kinseth. He says, Adam, I went out to dinner at a high-end restaurant this past weekend, ordered a $50 steak medium rare, and it was served rare. I did the unthinkable and sent it back to be cooked more. I haven't been able to sleep since. What have I subject, subjected myself to? Yeah, Kinseth, I, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, we've been through this. You never, ever, under any circumstance, send back food, period. Like, just can't do it, man. And, and I hope you all have seen Road Trip, which is one of the great cinematic accomplishments of our generation. I mean, you just can't send food back. And I know what you guys are thinking. You know, uh, Kinseth paid $50 for a piece of meat. He should get it how he wants it. And, and on some level, you know, I agree. But this goes all goes back to personal responsibility. You know, I don't blame the restaurant. I don't blame myself. Or I, I, I don't blame the restaurant. I blame myself for picking this restaurant. I blame myself for not asking the waitress exactly how their kitchen cooks medium rare. And in the end, you know, the likeliest run out here is I'm just tilted and I never go back, you know, but sending it back. I mean, that's like, I could never do that. Just can't face it. You know, too much doubt, too much second guessing. That's exactly what Kinseth is describing right now. Question five from Alan. He says, I'm noticing a disturbing trend in porta potty etiquette. Seems that people are depositing all things that get deposited in these mini disgusting facilities in places other than where they're designated to be deposited. Should I chalk this up to post 2020 world or new rules? Yeah, man, I don't, I'm not sure exactly what Alan's saying here. I'm not sure I'm followed this question. I think what he's saying is that people are taking dumps in porter potties, but not in the bowl, like on the floor or in the sink or whatever. Um, you know, I think this question is kind of missing the mark anyways. We need to examine more macro dynamics here. I really can't think of any spot in which I'd use a porter potty, like period. There, there's zero doubt I'd rather risk a citation or arrest for public urination than use a porter potty. There's almost certainly a tree or a bush or a pole or a car door or, or anything. And if you have to go home, you know, you, you just go home, you know, easy game. So I'm not even going to address Alan's question here. Just, just don't go in porta potties. Question six from Jeremy. He says, is it optimal strategy to correlate prize picks choices? Example, if you like a line of a QB yardage prop to go over, should you also choose a wide receiver from the same team? Okay, so Jeremy is referring to these like parlay prop sites like prize picks. Um, it's really, really soft, you know, to be honest, but things are complicated by having to pair props together. And I don't have a, uh, a ton of experience here as it's actually not legal in Colorado right now, but my instinct is that yes, 
if you are taking an Aaron Rodgers under, it is plus EV to have Devontae Adams under in there as well, if the projection is at all close. You know, it should be a no-brainer. And you could get even more correlation by going with someone in the same game. Like, let's say you take on Thursday, I don't know. Like, I haven't looked at projections or anything like that yet, but like Dak Prescott over, Michael Gallup over, Darren Waller over, or something like that. But honestly, I think the lines on sites like Prize Picks are so soft that we don't even need to go overboard on that correlation stuff. Like our focus should simply be on picking off bad lines, picking off stale lines, just relying on our ability to understand situations and have our projections be better than their models, period. Like I think you can just win straight up like that. Question seven from BD Hala. He says, how do bald people know where to stop washing their face? Yeah, uh, very funny, BD Hala. Uh, I'm going to do the jokes around here, buddy, okay? Uh, so on behalf of bald slash balding people everywhere, BD Hala, you can go fuck yourself. All right, that's going to do it for this solo pod. No team by team this week. We are off for Thanksgiving, but we do have an extra show coming to you for the Thanksgiving slate. Actually, two extra free shows. Leonie and Dink, once again, Leonie and Dink on the tournament show for Thanksgiving. Myself, Wiggins, and Silva for the team Play the Best Plays show for Thanksgiving. Those will both be free up on Wednesday. Four, producer Luke. Four, Jerry. I am Adam. Good luck, everybody. Mm-hmm.